All right, don't stop your recording. Don't stop recording. All right, three, two, one. Here this week in preview of the British Grand Prix. No fancy post-recorded intro this week because, frankly, I can't be bothered and Jashan doesn't have time to edit it. So we'll keep oh, things no, simple. Do. You do. don't, though. You don't. And that's not a that's not a knock on you. That's just an acceptance of facts. <laughs> the easier this the easier this podcast is for you to edit the better it is for your quality of life. <laughs> That's also true. Last week was pretty just fucked in terms of um, like the roster from both of my my, uh, my workplaces were a bit all over the place, a bit higgledy-piggledy, so it was, fine. it was hard to find a good stretch of time to do the work. But this week I've got two days off in a row from both places, so it'll be nice. Let's, let's, ramble, and, let's ramble and increase the number of ums to even more than usual. Oh yeah, I can't let's wait. Give him, give him something to fill his time. Sorry, let's um give um him um something to um fill his um time um in um. Uh, but yes, here in preview of the British Grand Prix for both. Oh F- no! Oh, that tea has not cooled down at all. I have just burnt my tongue. Oh, oh well, that's unfortunate. That's why you always blow on it first, you fucking idiot. I did blow on it. Blow harder. Fuck. I'm sorry. Okay, get better at blowing things. <laughs> uh, yes. Here in preview of the British Grand Prix for both F1 and for F2. And I mean, F3, I'm sure, pretty sure there's F3 this weekend as well, but that doesn't need a detailed preview. Um, go out, it'll clear. Uh, and we'll get things. Well, yeah, we'll just jump straight in to, I guess, the sort of overarching storyline that has been in the Formula One circles for the last couple of days. And that is obviously pertaining to this Lewis Hamilton, Nelson, PK senior. I was going to say racism scandal, but I don't, I don't like the connotations of that. Uh, this, yeah, this, this, this rumored incident of, um, Racism by way of Nelson Piquet Sr. towards Lewis Hamilton. Do you want to just run us through what has gone on, Jashan, and then we'll quickly touch base on how we feel about it? Yeah, well, it's 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 not ideal, but this, this quote from Lewis Hamilton, I think, sums it up pretty well. Um, he just says, It's more than language. These archaic mindsets need to change and have no place in our sport. I've been surrounded by these attitudes and targeted my whole life. There has been plenty of time to learn. Time has come for action. So it's pretty easy to kind of figure out what's happened just based off what he said there. Obviously, something that I don't particularly wish to repeat on air. Oh, I mean... I don't think it's something that can't be repeated on air and that. Like, it's not like he's... You know, I mean, in no defence, he's not gone full on all in but yes he's he's referred to basically nelson pk this dates back to post sort of i'm uh, not sure exactly how far post but latest last year post the british November, Grand Prix, November last and obviously year the incident between uh max verstappen and lewis hamilton at the british grand prix and basically just in giving his thoughts on the matter regardless of what he thought of the matter uh, you know, Nelson Piquet, I think, I can't remember, that. I saw someone say, Nelson Piquet twice referred to Max Verstappen by name, Max, and he referred to Lewis Hamilton by the colour of his skin. So, you know, um, and yeah, language barriers, whatever, like, that's, that's indefensible. That's, you know, if you know enough to be giving, oh, sorry, I believe it was that, but yeah. You know, uh, racism's not a uniquely English world-speaking thing. Like, oh, no. Yeah, we've sort of... And we've said it before on this podcast and stuff with uh, various other points in times where, you know, Lewis Hamilton has perhaps frustrated the wider fraternity of Formula One. He's not necessarily always the most likable fellow and that, but, like, as I've said before, you know, I can't fucking stand Lewis Hamilton, but, like got nothing to do with, you know, the colour of his skin. I just don't like Lewis Hamilton because he wins a lot and he's British. 
And you just don't like him as a yeah. person. Well, I don't, it's not even necessarily that. It's just that he wins. I mean, if he didn't win all the time, I'd probably be significantly more tolerant of his persona. But, you know, it's annoying. You know, now that now that he's very much at the top, slowly but surely, I'm getting sick of Max Verstappen because I'm like, oh, you've won now, mate. Go away. I don't want you to win again. But, you know. <laughs> it's that Aussie underdog mentality, mate. Well, I mean, it depends. But it's just like if I don't inherently strongly like you, I have a limit. I'm very much, I'm very much someone that I will live in the moment and I will like a story in that and I'll happily root for someone. Like I was happy when, in some regards, I was happy when Cronulla won their first NRL premiership in fucking Yonks after the um, PED scandal and that. I was happy when Richmond won their first AFL premiership in mm-hmm. God knows how long. Then they won their second and third in the space of four years and I was like, could you kindly fuck off you're ranging in on Geelong territories of how much I despise you. So, Strong you know, AFL chat here. I like to see it. Whereas, you know, if, you know, Brisbane rattle off premierships for the next three years, I'll be sitting here going, how great is this? Brisbane Lions, greatest AFL team of all time. <laughs> Fuck yeah, the boys. So it kind of comes down to whether or not I fundamentally like you. Like, I'll be sitting really less bothered if George or Carlos rattle off a string of titles, but it's like... I only liked Max because he wasn't Lewis. And now that Max is the new Lewis, but to, yeah, to circle back to it, yeah, simply no place for this. There's been calls to ban uh, Nelson Piquet from the paddock. I don't know, would you Mm -hmm. be in support of that, Jashan? Uh, In theory, yes. I don't think he's come out and apologised. It's a strange one because, obviously, what he said was in Portuguese and... Just from what I know from the Counter-Strike community, because there are a lot of Brazilian Counter-Strike teams, there's always a lot of debate over whether something said in, in Portuguese has that direct connotation and meaning in its English translation. Sometimes there are gaps in translation. But at the same time, Nelson Piquet is a known Bolsonaro supporter, and I'm not a fan of Bolsonaro. So, eh, if I think it all through, then yeah, look. I have uh, no idea what that means, but I'll not agree. You don't know who Bolsonaro is? I'm assuming an awful person, but no, not off the top. Is that like the? Oh, he's the he's the far right leader of Brazil. Oh, okay. I can't I can't claim to be um, very well across my Brazilian politics. Uh, mate, so... I feel like Bolsonaro is a pretty like universally known dude. There's a but there's a when you when you kind of care. There's a lot of there's a lot of different world leaders to keep across on. You've always got to have some blanks in the schedule. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But he's he's like. Mm, he's as far right as you get in terms of oh, leadership. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, I certainly don't know that. So, Fair enough, yes. Immensely um, corrupt, that kind of fun stuff. So, yeah, I wouldn't be against, uh, maybe not a ban, but a suspension. I, I never like a good, hard ban. I think there should always be a chance for an apology and a, and a second that's, chance. That's fine. I mean, obviously, he's that. But I'm also, to me, a little bit... I mean, and maybe it's a bit... It's a big difference as well. Like, PK... At PK's, you know, like to draw a comparison, we'll touch on this in a little bit later, but to draw a comparison with the Yuri Vips thing, um, I think I would, Yuri Vips is a young guy, you can put, you know, you can, you know, put Yuri Vips through like an educational program and things like that. I think you've got a better chance of, you know, better educating Yuri Vips to, you know, why his incident and that wasn't appropriate and that and allowing him back in down the line, then I would argue... And, like, also, I I don't believe this is the first time Nelson Piquet has... Maybe not something of this level, but, you know... This is sort of within character of Nelson Piquet. So I don't don't think he's anyone um, that would be missed too much. Yeah, well, that's a fair... Yeah. That's very fair. If if it's done, if he's done stuff like this before, if he's a repeat offender, then yeah. Yeah. Just to quickly before we wrap this up, do you have any sort of feelings on? I believe as of the last time I checked, which was this morning, I know F one itself has issued a statement. I don't believe any that I've seen. None of the individual teams necessarily have. I know a few, uh, several drivers have obviously, or most of the drivers have come out in private statements in support of Lewis. Um, yeah, do you have any sort of thoughts on the fact that none of the teams have seemed to have come down and can like individually condemn this um, incident? Not really. I don't. I, I, this is a story that is kind of still breaking. Like it hasn't. It's, it's very recent. 
but yeah, it was good to see the drivers the drivers get behind Lewis. So you had Charles Leclerc, Ocon, Russell, Ricardo all took to social media to show their support for our Sir Lewis. Um, at least those are the ones that Nines Wide World of Sports know of. I'm sure there are others that uh, our our beloved news outlet have missed. But Another presentation by uh, Nines Wide World of Sports. Wide World of Sports. But yeah, no, it's it's good to see. Um, Hamilton getting more and more outspoken as I think he could be a really powerful voice um, and has tried to become that really powerful voice in a, in, the, in recent years I think with these kinds of issues and, and that can only be a, a force for good so no oh, I absolutely. have nothing to say about the teams maybe Red Bull because it's kind of linked to oh, well even, that's, really. that's the Nelson weird Nelson PK drive for uh, Nelson PK like, was Max Verstappen like... doesn't obviously doesn't you know his opinions don't... Well, Nelson BK's opinions don't reflect those of Max Verstappen. We know that, so... No. Um, well, Nelson PK drove in, like, the 70s and, like, 80s and that. I can't... Yeah, so it doesn't really... But it, 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 it is... one. Well, it is obviously that, because, um, you know, Red Bull... I don't know. I don't know that, but I did see someone point out the fact that, obviously, Red Bull... It's again, when we're going to get to it. Red Bull released a statement regarding Yuri Vips today, and it's almost like they've sort of the timing of that as well. And it could just be that, but it, it, I don't know. It has a little bit of a feel of we'll try and just subtly kill two birds with one stone without actually directly, you know, commenting on this fresh incident and, you know, I don't know, burning bridges with the PK family or something. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot to it. It's a, it's a nuanced thing. And yes, as you said, it's still very much a developing story. But yeah, I think we can certainly say our views at this podcast were obviously very much in a rare a rare instance because normally when it comes to on track things, which is where we like to keep it, uh, this podcast will never stand with Lewis Hamilton. The FIA was completely right, and you will never change my point of opinion <laughs> with this kind of on track stuff. Yes, we're very much very much in support of Lewis Hamilton, and I think yeah, certainly sure. yeah. Whether it be a temporary suspension or a permanent ban, I think we both very much agree with. There should be yes, some form of sanction uh, yeah. against Nelson Piquet from the sport of Formula One. And now we'll move it on to hopefully a uh, happier, happier headlines for a bit. Jashan, I believe you have a few things to put in a little bit of send it. Yes, indeed. And you know what? Something that isn't quite happy is that my chamomile honey and vanilla tea has finally cooled down. I am happily sipping. Mm. So uh, mm. are you branching away from yes. the coffee, are you? Kind of uh, trying to get away from that caffeine addiction? I've already had a coffee today. I've already had a coffee today, but I'm trying to not drink as much because uh, my, my most recent weekend, my most recent working weekend, it, it reached the point where on the Sunday I had drinking five co- drunk five coffees by midday, so... I'll try and ease off during the that week is, I have to work. Yeah, that's that's a one-way ticket to a heart attack, mate. Um, oh, God bless. Love a good that, heart attack. Big that fan. much caffeine. Yeah, caffeine is not good for you. And that much is very not good for you. So Indeed. Very uh, very few things are yeah, good for you. But a good chamomile, honey, and vanilla tea. It's be, it's quite tasty. Oh, nothing, Warms the nothing soul. Nothing beats leaf water. Do you, uh, do you have your tea... Do you, like, raw dog your tea, or do you have milk in your tea? I'm raw dogging it today because I don't have any milk in the house. But I normally ch- put a dash of no, milk in no, there. No, absolutely. You gotta have a you gotta a good a good milk tea. You know, makes it a bit you know right things as you know. Because um by itself, um, controversial opinion here, but um, tea's a pretty crap beverage. I agree. I agree. It tea tastes, is garbage. It tastes awful, but you kind of drink it because it's better for you than alternatives. And um, you know, it's. it's I'm only really drinking it because I'm bloody cold, and I want to. I want to. Well, that's the thing. It, it warm. It warms you up, and it does so in theory with like less sugar and other things, and also less caffeine than alternatives. Apparently, it counts towards like fluid water intake, according to all this, according to the CSIRO or whatever. Which um, <laughs> the CSIRO. I think, I think sounds sus as fuck, but you know, that's just <laughs> me. Uh, it is just you, indeed. Like, no one's drinking tea to hydrate themselves. That's all I'm saying. Hey, look, the Romans used to drink wine to hydrate themselves, so you do yeah, what you got to do. and how long did they live for? That's that's all I'll have to say there. Hey, they, they, anyway, they ruled the world. They ruled the known world well, for quite a while, so it must have worked. Yeah, but, you know, that was just through 
cyclical that was like each generation was only 30 years or something <laughs> but regardless oh, let's yeah. we're not here to discuss the roman empire that's a that's a that's for a different podcast in a different time that's a story for another day boys this is send it did i send it or did i not didn't send it yeah you oh send it The segment where I rattle off a few news headlines from the wonderful world of Formula One. Matthew can pick one he wants to talk about, and I will similarly pick one that I would like to talk about, and we'll take it from there. So, number one from speedcafe.com Ricardo to produce F1 television series. Report. Send. Number two, courtesy of Wheels. Whatever that is. Formula One developing carbon neutral fuel for 2026. You love to see it. Headline number three from motorsport.com. Horner warns of F1 catastrophe over budget cap crisis. The story that never ends. Number four. Again, speedcafe.com. Killing it this week. FIA tweaks Formula One weekend format for British Grand Prix. Uh, Matt Cock, the author of that particular story, good lad. And finally, from the official F1 website, Driver Market! Gasly to remain with AlphaTauri for the 2023 season. Consider it sent. Matthew, the Merchant I, of Hume. Any of those? This, you've done this, every every time you do this, you either come up with like five absolutely naff headlines and it's like fucking hell, which is the least shit to talk about. Or you drop, like, three or four ones that legitimately need to be spoken about. And it's like, well, now which one do I fucking pick? And <laughs> you've done the uh, former... No, the latter. Oh, really? The latter. The latter rather than the former. So, uh, too many choices. Too many good choices this week. Although, the um, Christian Horner headline can fuck right off, as can Christian himself. <laughs> Get over it, mate. Honestly... Honestly, I know the rate we're going at, um, Red Bull running out of money would be a blessing for the sport because if they're not here for the last four rounds, it might actually get spicy because, like, mm. we'll end up coming to that because Max will have, like, a three-and-a-half-round lead and then it will be, like, can Charles <laughs> win every single race that Max isn't at? And, you know, and he, what will happen is he'll he'll win the first three and then we'll get to Abu Dhabi and with, like, three laps to go, his engine will fail no, and Nicholas Latifi will come out of nowhere and spear him into the wall. We, we've had... Who is that? We have oh had... God, it's Latifi! Latifi with the spear! Steel chair. I believe we've had one post, uh, posthumous F1 champion before, but Max Verstappen will become the first F1 champion to just not have been at the final four race weekends because his team had no money. <laughs> so maybe he'd be like the first contractless F1 champion because, like... They've gone belly up. Regardless, though, I will pick the Pierre Gasly news because I think that it's a good bit. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Maybe it's kind of shocking but not surprising, or maybe it's more surprising but not shocking in this instance because, like, you know, in theory, at, a, at its inherent core of what it is... You know, I know it's been, they've slowly kind of moved to separate the brand and that, but like at its core, I'm pretty sure it's like AlphaTauri is the in-house, it's it's the bridge between F2 and F1, proper F1 basically. It's an in-F1 development team for the main Red Bull racing team. Oh yeah. And well, A, pretty sure Pierre's never going back to Red Bull, but B, just based on Pierre's age and his own timeline in F1 and the fact that Max certainly isn't leaving Red Bull anytime soon, and they're now incredibly happy with what Perez is doing, that just doesn't seem like there will be a seat at Red Bull within a feasible time frame for Pierre. So on that regard, curious maybe that he is being kept on, but the flip side of that obviously is, I mean, where else is he going to go on? The, and this is my biggest for concern for Pierre over the next few years, is just, just where... Will and it, it, it's the thing. he's starting to give big vibes. If he is someone, I don't think he'll ever. Allah, you know the likes of Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg. and you know arguably Perez up until the fact that he suddenly stumbled his way into a Red Bull seat and that just several. You know, there's always a few of that. 
I'm just not sure Gasly will ever really get in a seat warranting his talent because I've just, you know, so much of it is when there's only ever two or three absolute top teams at any one time, so much of it is having that right timing of when you, you know, when your contract is up and also a team has a vacancy and that, because if you're under contract and a vacancy opens up at Ferrari, I mean, Ferrari can buy you out of your seat, but if there's you or there's someone else who's possibly just as talented but out of contract that they can just sign or their own junior or something, they'll do that. So you need to be coming out of contract at the same time that a really good seat is opening up and all these diff- different things. And it is a lot to, you know, line up. The Obviously, the easiest way is you're just their junior. But that's the thing. Gasly is a Red Bull junior, and I just it's just hard to see him ever getting to Red Bull again. And that, I think, combined with the fact that, you know, certainly that's the thing. Well, Red Bull is probably in a situation where I don't think there is a promotable Red Bull Jr. in F2 right now. Uh, One and... Well, yeah, but as I said, right now. One is is very mediocre. One, One has the sky's the limit, but he just decided this season to have even worse form than last season and the other has the very obvious pace and well we're going to discuss him in about 10 minutes or so and why I think it's probably safe to say we probably both feel he's probably not going to make it to F1 now Wait, is it the um, mediocre one uh, Jehan Daruvala? Yeah, in order that was Daruvala, Lawson and Vips Oh, uh, I think Hauger is still probably the most... Oh, yes, sorry. Dennis Hauger is there, but I don't think Hauger's going one and done in F2 based off what he's showing right no, now. Unless no. Hauger blitzes the second half of the season and wins the championship, no. which seems Regardless. unlikely. That's why I think this, the fact that this is just a one-year yes. one contract extension... Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's what I can see Gasly doing. It's very likely that Gasly could just go on a string of one year, and maybe this is the last one. Or we could see Gasly, similar to the fact that... Oh, actually, how long was Perez's extension? Was Perez's extension one year or two years? Regardless, uh, it's the kind of thing well, you see... I think Perez was two years. I think Perez was through 2024, yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah, short one-ish, two-ish year extensions. That could see a string of one-year extensions for Gasly as they sort of keep him there because obviously he's better than anyone else to be in that seat. But once mm-hmm. you have someone you're ready to put in there, depending where Yuki is at and how happy you are with Yuki, then possibly... Yeah. You make sure there's always the possibility that you can just replace Gasly without any, oh, shit, both our drivers are under contract and we need a spot for the next Oscar Piastri-level talent or something. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, happy to see Piesley, uh, the Gasly, Piesley remain on the grid. <laughs> I know you must be ecstatic because he probably, is he, would you still say he's, he's your favourite driver on the grid? Oh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it's so, uh, probably Gasly. Yeah. Which who would you have? Would Yuki be your second favorite driver? On, who is your second favorite driver on the grid behind Gasly? Oh, wouldn't Yuki's probably top five for me, but he's not. He's not second. I'd probably have Vettel second. Okay. And then maybe mm-hmm. I'll make Charlie. You could be third. Um, uh, just curious. I was going to say because wouldn't it be funny if your like top three all-time favorite F Formula One drivers were AlphaTauri drivers? Because we know obviously number one <laughs> is the man, the myth, the legend, Danny Kvyat. Of course, naturally, the torpedo yeah, himself. Fucking yes, Pierre, Pierre Gasly. Yeah. So that's what that's my headline that I want to talk about. Uh, what are you? What avenue are you going down to, Sean? I liked that pick. It's a good pick to talk about. Always like talking about Pierre Gasly. I'm going to talk about Daniel Ricciardo. That's what I'm going to chat about here. I want, I want to hear what the fuck this story is. Because, in theory, Daniel Ricciardo should be in my top five favourite drivers, uh, at least in the conversation. But he's not. Because he's doing fucking things like this. He's in a point right now where his career is on the line. He's under the most pressure he's ever been his entire life. He's supposed to be, you know, the guy leading McLaren into this new era, being that superstar-level guy. You know, he, he was talking about getting back into title contention before this McLaren move. And he's about as far away from that as I am to a goddamn successful career in journalism. It's ridiculous. And instead of focusing on fucking driving... I'd argue that you're driving, closer. 
I honestly, shout out to the Williamstown Football Club. Allegedly, they'll be giving me more responsibilities in the media department. Uh, moving oh, forward, that's so, mate. You're becoming head coach. Very exciting. <laughs> Chief talent scout. Uh, I, I reek desperate. I, I reek desperation. It's okay. But instead of focusing on his driving, his racecraft, and his braking, he's focusing on <laughs> executive directing a TV show for Hulu. So it's going to be a half-hour scripted series that is set in the world of Formula One, totally fictional. I mean, look, he's allowed to do whatever he wants in his free time, and this might be very, very good TV. It might be lovely, but it, I don't know. It just, it, it, it rubs me up the wrong way, personally. That's fair. There's definitely a case to be made that it screams of someone who's just not got their heart all that much in F1 anymore. That he's he's ready to move on to, and that's perfectly that's perfectly reasonable. That's fine. That's fine. Um, and I won't even be mad at him for staying in Formula One whilst also feeling that because, like, if someone's happy to pay you, it's like it's like none of us were particularly getting mad at Kimmy. Like, if someone's willing to pay you millions of dollars a year, why are you not just going to go like, mm, yeah, I could I could get six mil a year or whatever, or like, I could you know. Not, uh, you know, take the money, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't scream a man who is going to right the ship any time soon, does it? Not really, no. Which is disappointing. It's disappointing, but it is what it is. But that's that's the story I wanted to that's just touch on there. Just what was what was headline number two? Hello yeah, number two was the um, developing carbon neutral fuel there. Yeah, okay. okay. Well, we won't, we won't jump too much into it. But yeah, I think that's a good thing. I think F1 is on a plan. They want to be carbon neutral by 2030 is what yeah. that I is the read. Number. And so I, th- I think that's good. I think that's that's a very important thing to yeah work towards. It is obviously one of those cracks things, much like Sebastian Vettel. I am someone who uh, cares very deeply about the environment and that, that's sort of some of the political ideals and things that are, you know, <laughs> like the most the most most important policies for me in that, that, um, Did you know. Did you just like compare yourself times. to Sebastian Vettel? <laughs> oh, no, because I'm making the, I mean, if you let me yeah, finish yeah. the analogy, much like Sebastian Vettel, I, you know, that's something important to me, and much like Sebastian Vettel, who recognises the deep-set irony of that he's campaigning for the environment whilst driving in Formula One, I've always recognised that there is a very deep iron, you know. I'm well aware of the, you know, the clash and the fact that I'm like, you know, I think we should be doing more to save the planet, and I also like to watch the cars go zoom, zoom on my weekend for light entertainment. Uh, So working towards, yeah, carbon neutral fuels, um, you know, series like Formula E and all of those things, uh, I think it's other things, and I think that's the kind of thing. At the end of the day, that's what motorsport needs to survive. Does a V8 sound fucking amazing? Yeah, it did. These cars definitely don't sound as cool, but you know, again, does on-track product just more than halfway distract from that? Yes, it does. Um, and at the end of the day, if it comes that big of an issue, I'm sure. We can come up with ways to put like huge sound systems or something in F1 cars that are somehow like, you know, digitally connected to like the throttle and that so that they can mirror the throttle application to play the right note of a V12 engine or something. And then they'll all sound like V12s even though they've got electric motors or some shit. Like, where there's a will, there's a way. This is Formula One. But, yeah, so there's, there's more important things than having a big fuck-off engine that burns through ridiculous amounts of fuels and sounds amazing. Because if that's the route that, you know, you wanted to say absolutely set on, the sport won't survive. It's as simple as that. Ah, but moving in, we're actually going to find a clever way to touch on basically every single headline except for Christian Horner, because fuck Christian Horner. Let's move on to the British Grand Prix. I really wouldn't, to be honest. Just (laughs) maybe, maybe Franz Tost, but that's about it. Franz Tost? Um, Ah, hell, Franz Tost action. I reckon Freddy Vasseur is a freak in bed. (laughs) I just... (laughs) That's as much as I want to talk about that. Um, 
But the British Grand Prix this week end, and yes, as has been mentioned, uh, for the first nine rounds or whatever we've had this season, F1 had been implementing a format of only a three-day weekend. They'd done away with the Thursday aspect, which is not anything on track, but Thursday used to be when, um, like, I think it's the driver briefings and a lot of the um, pre-event press conferences for the drivers and everything, like all those interviews you always see where the drivers in the fancy studio and there's always two of them at a time and that that all used to take place like on the thursday the standard paddock and things that's when drivers would do their grid walk if they're people who like to do that and all those things f1 had done away with the thursday and been condensing it all into three days of that and a lot of drivers have expressed that they're actually making things you know more intense and harder for them because they're having to cram much more into the space of time it's not you know uh, and F1 has dropped that now. They're going back to a four-day weekend starting here in Britain. So the weekend will begin on the Thursday. But yeah, the British Grand Prix, one year on from that aforementioned incident between Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Oh, yeah. uh, safe to say a tangle between those two this weekend would be rather the turn-up because Lewis would be in a very confusing spot on the track if that was the case. I'm not so sure about that, man. I'm not so sure about that. Oh, not like wildly, but even in Canada, like they weren't near the Red Bull pace. They're, no, but they're getting there. They are catching up. Oh, so yeah, but he's not, he's not, I don't think... If one of the Mercedes is ch legitimately challenging for the win this weekend, that will be a massive surprise. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, Britain has typically put on uh, very good races the last few years. Obviously, we had the Max and Lewis tangle last year, and then the, oh, could Charles get this done? And Lewis running him down and, you know, destroying all the nice things in the world, uh, as he does. And then he carried on like an absolute prat. Uh, the previous year, we had um, Tire Gate as everybody's tires went oh, nuts. Oh, yes, I remember that. And then we had, oh my God, can Max run down Lewis? And then he couldn't because Lewis Hamilton destroys everything we like in this world and is a prat. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Britain, Britain, always a good Grand Prix. Silverstone, obviously, one of the most historic circuits on the calendar. Are uh, you looking forward to this weekend, Jashan? Yes. Fucking oath I am. It should be fucking saucy. And I think the, the main oh. thing I'm looking forward to is just some good, unabashed racing. I don't want any reliability fuck-ups. I don't want <laughs> any, you know... I want some... I just, I just want some good track on track, car side-by-side -side action. That's what I want. That's what I fucking want. Let's go. Fair And I want enough. the car to win. Um, that's fair. It'll be interesting to see. To get back on track. It'll be interesting to see who this uh, track does favor because the cars. I don't know. Both teams. They just seem to be evolving every weekend. It's really difficult. <laughs> difficult to. I'm finding it difficult to get a read on sort of what circuits suit to what cars. Like gone are the days where it was like, all right, we're you know, it's a, you know, we're at Monaco or Spa or somewhere like it's a high downfall circuit. This is Red Bull's well, two up, one of two opportunities for the season that they might actually beat Mercedes. And yeah. then every other so was like, this is a Mercedes track. Um, it's hard to say. It kind of you kind of get the feeling it's a Charles will take pole, and Max will win the race. Um, well, we don't want to run that back that. again. No, but it's certainly the safest bet. One of the fastest tracks on the calendar, bar none. It's with all these high-speed corners and whatnot. I thought it was interesting. Lando Norris, uh, a man very much looking forward to this weekend, basically said that this track will really highlight the differences between the 2022 cars and the previous cars with all of the uh, yeah the high-speed corners in, in particular. Which, oh my god, Venturi tunnels. Woo-wee! So it'll be interesting to see. Whether these... Look, that Red Bull engine is, is, is pretty stonking. Um, yeah. It could very well just be a Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, 1-2, easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy. What will Indeed. these other two other teams do to compete? I, I think there'll be... I'm not willing to say it's just a full-on conclusion that Red Bull will run away with it. I got the vibe that Ferrari was... Uh, much improved in... Well, I mean, the simplest fact of this, we've not seen Carlos be at a pace to challenge 
yeah max also, and a lot of a lot of these races once max has been in front of charles he's kind of skipped away a bit carlos was all over max for the whole race um obviously not necessarily always visually all over him but as the strategy went backwards and forwards with the cycle of pit stops there was never a point where Max was really like rushing away from Carlos. Typically, the gap was holding about steady, but was slowly coming down in favor of whoever was on the fresh tire. That's the thing. It wasn't like, yeah, Carlos was able to slowly close in on Max when his tires were fresher. When Max's were fresher, he was obviously closing in on Carlos, but not at like an absurd rate of knots. And then once they were both there on similarish tires and the same bit of racetrack, Carlos held behind Max the entire way. So I think the Ferrari has a chance obviously the big thing for them is i think what we have definitely seen from canada is yeah they have to out qualify the red bulls because i think they possess the ability to potentially hold off the red bulls with possibly some difficulty they don't i believe possess the ability to overtake them on track without a mistake or a significant tire advantage because that Red Bull's just too fast. Um, like, and they're not, that's the thing, they're not the craziest longest DRS zones here in um, Great Britain, down, I believe, the Wellington Strait, and heaven forbid if I could remember what the back straight is called. Well, that, there was a lot of talk like, in Canada that the DRS zones were too long, and not really made for ideal racing. So. Ever so slightly, not long enough for the Ferraris. No. Um, so I think, that's, I think it's the thing. But I that's think, the point, I isn't think... it? Like Ferrari, the Ferrari car would would get an advantage through the corners, and then Red Bull just has this gigantic DRS zone to just doesn't yeah. matter, does it? I think that's the thing. I think these, uh, yeah, the size of these DRS zones. I think, yeah, you'd struggle for a Ferrari like that. They need a tire advantage to be getting. Well, actually, there'll be one thing to see if the Ferrari is a little bit of that. The net, it's a, it's a different, it's a different run in to the second DRS zone in Great Britain than perhaps a lot of things. Obviously, the first, the first DRS zone for Great Britain is you come out of the turn four hairpin around the sweeping turn five into the DRS zone. That is a, a typical sort of, you know, you'll compress up, but then the elastic band will snap, you know, if you've got a bigger tire advantage, you can possibly stay right up under the front wing, but it's typically going to stretch back out that. But the run into the second DRS zone is obviously through Maggots, Beckett's, and Chapel. So that's a fast-flowing section of the track, but if the Ferrari maybe is a little bit better through that section of the track and can, you know, close a little bit on the Red Bull there. It's not, you know, it's not the same as coming into a slow speed corner and then coming out of it that you could possibly make the time up of them through that section and then be right up under the rear bumper coming onto the back straight. And I think from there, maybe they could get by. So it will be interesting uh, to see. It's also obviously, it'll be that. Um, you've obviously alluded, you think that you will see a continued trajectory of Mercedes improved place that we saw in Canada here. Yeah, man. I, I think, this, especially this track, Hamilton's spoken many times about how he thinks this car is, is good in the medium and high-speed corners, but shit in the low-speed ones. So if their, I guess, dalliance with bounce-free racing that they showed off in Canada continues here in Silverstone, I think they could absolutely be a bit closer than we all expect. In Silverstone. Who knows? Maybe Lewis Hamilton will be right up there to silver bone Mac Verstappen for a second year running. We shall see. Uh, and in terms of beyond that, who are you who are you sort of expecting to be the best of the rest team this weekend? Oh, jeez. I, I, it's, it's a McLaren versus Alpine conversation for me. In theory. I would, oh, I would I'll tend go, I'll go to Alpine. agree. Because fuck McLaren at this point. So I'll go Alpine. I'll go Fernando Alonso to have a really. That's really certainly nice day that's out certainly the been the trend in recent races. I think it's starting to stretch that way. And probably the last thing, and then we'll get in our official predictions. Where do your confidence levels lie in terms of Haas actually being able to put <laughs> together a 
solid race weekend. I don't mind if they don't have enough pace to legitimately score points, but like how yeah, where where's your faith lie in terms of just Haas being able to get both cars to the finish line without any major like things going wrong, be it lost wings from clipping walls or fucked up pit stops or terrible strategies. Just a normal race, and if they're good enough, they'll score points, and if they're not, they're not, but they're not going to do anything wrong themselves. Literally zero faith. I zero frustratingly faith. tend to faith. agree. It, at this point, it's just like, yeah, it's you just You know, I think Mick is trash, know. and as much as I love K-Mag, I've always loved K-Mag, I have zo- I've got no faith in the Haas car. I'll be interested to see if Alpha Tari can, can figure it out and have a good, consistent weekend. But I mean, my faith. I is mean, I have I have well. just as little faith in Alpha Tauri. Like those, they've been for for point to point. Alpha Tauri's been the worst team on the grid so far this season. Really? I know they have more points than more points than some, but in terms Tauri. of if you if you pound for pound, oh, yeah, that's probably the, that's probably the conversation because yes, McLaren had very high expectations, but I think those are the two teams most that because like Haas, realistically, Haas has already exceeded expectations. Oh yeah. I'd say Williams is batting at about expectations. Oh, Aston Williams Martin's definitely below, but Aston Martin started to turn that corner, and I think they're showing where you'd more expect them to have been. It's McLaren who's just been punching below the whole time, and it's AlphaTauri who have been massively punching below. Uh, it's AlphaTauri who refused to put together a solid weekend. It's either um, good qualifying and a shit race day, or it's you know shit qualifying and a solid race day. It's like they just they can't yeah. just figure it out. It's it's a it'll be. Yeah, so definitely the storylines to follow across the whole grid is the biggest thing that you can take away from this. So, Jashan, official predictions for this Grand Prix. Are you going to get back to some grounded reality? Or are you going to continue to smoke that good kush in the prediction section? Give me that Leclerc victory, that Verstappen 2, and that Hamilton P3 there. Oh, Hamilton P3. How about Hamilton P3. It? I reckon he'll be up um, and about for this. He'll be angry. That's fair. I'm going to... Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to put some faith in the Ferrari machines. And I'm going to backing Carlos to be the one to do it, wow. though. I think I think that qualifying and his race performance in Montreal will have gone a massive way yeah. to restoring his own confidence. And I think Carlos that's a big thing, the big thing that has been lacking for him. And I think if that confidence is back, I genuinely believe he is just as good of a driver. Um, week in, week out, as Charles Leclerc. I will take Max for second, and I will have George Russell being the man to pick up that podium. Uh, Leclerc Leclerc just missing out because Ferrari is incapable of correctly strategizing two cars at the same time. I still <laughs> correctly strategizing. So they'll somehow fuck up Leclerc's strategy. They'll be they'll be comp- they'll be like sitting a nice one too, and then they'll somehow fuck up Leclerc's strategy, yeah. which is how Carlos will win the race, um, and Leclerc will only be able to rebound two four, leaving Russell for a home Grand Prix podium. Uh, yeah. Yes, now. Now. I finished my tea, Matthew. Okay. It was very tasty. That's good. And I think on our milk conversation earlier, I agree with you, but this was a chamomile. And I think chamomile, one of those rare teas that are better without milk. Oh, I think that's probably fair. You, the, the, like, more stronger flavor profile teas and mm. that, yes, like your chamomile and that. I think that's probably fair. You're wanting to have that thing. But if it's just, you know, like a black tea or a green tea, you know, oh, just if it's the regu- sure. regular tea, regular tea. Got to have milk in that, mate. Agreed, agreed. Got it. And I've actually got some big news. I'm, I'm testing oh, whether Benny Bates listens to our podcast or not. I've got my flights booked for the Saturday night. 
weekend for his birthday. So if you're listening, Ben, I'll see you. All right, and it's gonna be gonna be good fun. We're gonna uh, enjoy our company so in a mature are we, and responsible are we, way. Are we, does that mean we're not just gonna do the logical thing, like discuss it with him, so we can make plans to meet up, or are we just gonna? See if he listens to the podcast. See if he listens to the podcast. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. Look, we'll we'll meet up. We'll figure it out. It should be right. I'm confident that he doesn't, but um, we'll see. <laughs> no, Lord uh, But yes, Lord that's that um, that's us done in terms of the F1 side of today's show. But we figured we would kill two birds. Well, sorry, that's just about us done with the F1 side of today's show. We figured we'd kill two birds with one stone, and we'd have a little bit of F2 for you sprinkled into your ROTG this F2 for you! Um, And we will segue beautifully to that through the medium of... I'm not beautiful uh, as the word I use. It's a beautiful segue if... I mean, it may not be a happy story, but the quality of segue is impeccable. Through the medium of Yuri Vips, who himself has been embroiled in a bit of a racism scandal over the last week or so. He was, uh, this time last week maybe, he was suspended from all uh, duties both in F2 and like in uh, Red Bull duties and that pending an investigation after he... Um, made a racial slur whilst on a Twitch live stream with Liam Lawson, I do believe. Yeah. As of, I believe, uh, yesterday, uh, the announcement came through, as I sort of alluded to earlier in the show, the announcement came through from Red Bull that he has been terminated from all of his uh, F1 duties, which is obviously as the Red Bull reserve and test driver. Um, I have, I've had a bit of a look and as of yet, the last time I checked, I haven't seen anything officially like confirming or really giving information or whether or not he's being terminated from his F2 deal. Um, and I also haven't seen, yes, and I also haven't seen, I also haven't seen anything saying that he's been sacked from the Red Bull Junior program. Yeah, he's been sacked. Has he? Contract, contract torn up. His Red Bull contract has been torn up. He is no longer affiliated with Red Bull at all. Okay, because I was only seeing it clearly stated that it was his test and uh, reserve driver. But I thought that <laughs> no, seemed illogical. Uh, no yes, and if that's that, that. that's the case, I yeah, I'd expect the his um, days with high tech will be done simply because... I mean, there's not a fee. I mean, maybe a thing. If he's got the cash to stump up, maybe they keep him. Oh, um, God. And that obviously wouldn't be a great look for the team if they did. But particularly, that's the thing. If he's not part of the Red Bull program and Red Bull's not paying for him to be there, High Tech will probably look to bring in someone who can offer you them a bit. Money. More. All right, bring back Alessio Deletter, I think. But yeah, he he, oh. used, he used the N word. Absolutely. Hey, hey. Oh, well, High Tech's got a great package this year. Vips has been putting it on pole, so maybe that's what'll unlock Deletter's true potential. Maybe. He also used um, some homophobic um, nomenclature words as well. So yeah, it's it's not great, and uh, he deservedly has had his contract torn up. And uh, hopefully High Tech follow suit and, and do that as well. It's a shame because he's a very talented driver and up till this point seemed like quite a charming young fellow. But alas not so much. Yeah. It'll be and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where his career goes from here. If this is the uh, he's a very young you know, he's a young man and that as I've said, if he can you know proven show growth and all those things but like we've seen this before and that and playing that i mean uh, over in the states carl larson got sacked from his deal and i think the well everyone seems to think well you know the general you know rumor there is it was sponsor pressure and that but he got sacked from his deal at ganassi racing uh, in NASCAR a couple of years back after a near-identical incident in which he, you know, racial slur on a live stream. And at that point in time, he was driving. He was very good. He would win, you know, maybe one or two races a season and that. But he was never really going to get to the top 
of the sport, probably in Ganassi, they're, you know, a mid-pack. We see this in the difference between NASCAR is, you know, there is six, seven, eight teams that could produce a race victory, um, and probably like four or five that could produce it any given week, rather than F1 with it's maybe like four could produce a race win, and it's really only two week to week. Um, but, like, he was never in a team he was probably going to truly be able to contend for a championship, or certainly it would be a bit of an underdog story. He went away, and he was gone for a year, year and a half, when he then signed a deal with Hendrick Motorsport, which is probably much been the top team in NASCAR for the better part of the last two decades, and he won the championship in his first season there, and he's currently the reigning NASCAR champion. So... I think uh, you I know think the Formula Formula One standards are a bit different. I mean, oh, absolutely, has been finished because he said he referred to Nicholas Latifi as like a poopy. He used he didn't he yes. do a, a Scooby Doo parody? Oh, uh, yeah, did? some I don't know. So if um, if, if a guy, no, I, I, I do I do whoa, agree. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on, come on, Can't just jump in. For a guy who I think ticked him and vips, their pace is pretty... It's pretty much... It's very similar, right? And they were both uh, Academy academy guys, Tickton with Williams and Vips with Red Bull. If Tickton's career can be essentially ended over something as childish as that, then yeah, I don't think Vips will ever make it to F1, and I don't think he should. Yeah, big, big difference is... Ticked and repeat offender. That's like that's, that's like boiling down Todd Carney's NRL career coming to an end because of that one time he pissed in his mouth. That was just for whatever reason seen as the last straw that broke the camel's back. You yeah, know, was the first whack thing that Todd Carney had done. You know, clubs would have been mm. like, "All right, that's kind of weird," but I mean, not really a criminal offence. Um, you know, that's the thing. Like Tickedum, Tickedum had the. I mean, punched drivers in the past, various different things. Like this, this was as someone who loves Dan Tickedum, this was a thing. That, but it's also the thing, as I said, whether I'm not necessarily suggesting Vips makes it to Formula One, but it is curious that because you know Tickedum's career is fine, well, like fine. He's he's off in Formula E. It's not like oh, he's like yeah. done with motorsport. And I think so it will be interesting to it. see. Yeah, where where Vips comes back, but also whether because this is as much as I know his first thing, whether you know. And maybe, as I said, if he has funding and stuff like that, if he, you know, if he has the funds to do it, maybe he comes back as a more of a privateer in a couple of years, after a year or two out of F2 and that. I'd be, it'd be interesting to see. He'd be getting on in age at that point in time. But yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if he pops up in the next few years in an IndyCar, endurance, Formula E, sports cars. Uh but in to the F2 itself, we're back for the first time since Azerbaijan. So we had, what, one weekend off in Canada. So it's been a, it'll be a three-week break by the time we get here. Yes. For F2, yes. At least that'll be three weeks. Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, much as it is in Formula 1, Silverstone has just pumped out bangers over the last couple of years in F2. Consistently brilliant track um a man more prepared than i would have already had open the results from last year's races alas uh, i am i am not that man so i will do that now uh we had yes back in the good old double sprint race format jesus fucking christ are you like dying uh, i dropped my mic wow and i'm the incompetent one hey yes yes you are uh, yeah, so Silverstone last year in one of the least shocking shocks to have ever shocked, Oscar Piastri took the pole position out of Guan Yu Zhou and Richard Vashore. Uh, the sprint race one winner was Robert Swartzman ahead of, uh, the now name redacted and my favorite son, Christian Lungard. Uh, sprint <laughs> yeah. race, sprint race two was Vashore ahead of Armstrong, Dan Tickdom. And in the feature race, it was Guan Yu Zhou winning ahead of Dan Tictum and Oscar P. Astri. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's hard to have the same carryover sort of this circuit suit such and such. You know, this team will be good sort of predictions in F2. So, usual suspects, I reckon. I, I imagine we'll see Djokovic up there. As he has been all season, I imagine we'll see Taylor Porsche bounce back to form and be competing for wins and podiums here in Great Britain. 
I imagine Daruvula will get a podium at some point. I also think the Carlin boys will both be in the mix, your Lawsons and your Sergeants. I want to see Hauger um, go back-to-back -back and actually challenge again here. I don't want to see him drop off from his recent obstacle form. I want to see him take the bull by the horns. <laughs> Red Bull, <laughs> get it? <laughs> and really uh, pump forward with this good uh, bit of form he has there for Prema and do what he needs to do. And someone I'm kind of looking for. Mm, I want to see a Yumu Awasa up there in the points again. That's another Red Bull Academy driver. Fuck, they've got a lot of them. Jesus Christ. And, I tell you what, Marino Sato scored points in each of the last racing weekends. Let's make it three from three, Marino. Go on. Score a point, hey. you cheeky bastard. So there you go. Uh, fair enough. Well, I, I too, I mean, you'd think, unless something goes horrifically wrong, Dragovic will be there, thereabouts. You'd honestly back him to probably win one of the two races. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for the sake of the championship and his, his own championship aspirations, Porsche has to be there. And ideally for him, he needs to finish ahead of Dragovic in the feature race to try and claw back some points. Um, I also, yeah, I would like to see Hauger back up his brilliant uh, weekend in Baku with a second consecutive strong performance. I'm also looking for Doohan to translate, well, A, to once again have one of those good qualifying performances he's shown at multiple occasions throughout the season. I'm looking for him to um, back that up, though, and put in the performance on race day, particularly Sunday. I'd like, at minimum, a podium in the feature race from Doohan uh, this weekend. I think the other one, I'm maybe... At minimum. At minimum. Yeah, I mean, he needs it. If he's going to want to make a... I don't think... I think I think he, you know... if he want, Certainly if he wants to make some kind of title push, but even just a push to finish up in the top three or four to make a good statement of, you know, I'm a prospect for the future, uh, he needs to get his button gear. Uh, a couple other things that um, I'd love to maybe see... Uh, Callan Williams' raw pace translates to something on the timing sheets this weekend would be nice if you could come away with a few points. Uh, the other big one for me, I think, Marcus Armstrong. That'll be interesting because obviously it's not it's not the same as Formula One where it's like, well, you know, in theory there's, even if they don't say there is, typically there is like a number one driver who is going to get the better bits, the better strategy, things like that. But... You know, he is. I think Vips was, you know, you would argue that Vips probably was sort of the big dog. He was the Red Bull Academy guy in the team. And if he's now most likely gone, uh, depending who they bring in, I don't I don't think that's the thing. Obviously, it's hard to sit and speculate on this in F2 because it's not the same as F1 when you have reserve drivers and things like that or really that. Um, there's not a lot of guys that they could, I mean, obviously, I guess, Callum Eilert and Lungard are both eligible, so he's ticked yeah, them. Yeah, but they're off in America, mate. Um, it won't be... Oh, yeah, no, and that's the thing. It won't be any of those. It will be... Yeah, it, you think you it'll think, be think one of the Red guys... Bull, just real quick, do you think Red Bull will just fast-track a guy from F3 straight in there? See, I'm thinking that, but I'm like... Is there any... Uh, is Jack Crawford Red Bull? Yes. Okay, Crawford's the only one, because Johnny Edgar's not shown anything this season. Um, I can't really think what are the other Red Bull boys down in F3 are. Crawford, Crawford's obviously up and about at the front of the title picture. Um, but, I mean, somewhere, I don't know. He'd probably rather... I don't know what he'd Jack rather... Jack Crawford's like 17 years old, so fuck me. You'd rather, I think he's he's so young, and you'd rather him. I think it'd be better for him, and he. I'd like to think he'd rather stay and see out that title fight. He has a chance at the title in F three, and once you're up into F two, you're probably not going back down. Um. So yeah, it's either they obviously that, oh, or maybe what about, they get. What some, about Isaac Hadjar? Well, same story, but yeah, Hadjar would be another. But same story. He's in theory a chance to compete for the F three title, but he. I'd probably be more inclined to go Hadjar. Um. Obviously, the alternative is this. They just they bring in one of the various guys who's floating around a super sub until maybe they find someone a bit more permanent. Like, I'd say I, I wouldn't be surprised if the guy who races this weekend isn't the guy who is in that seat for the rest of the season. But some names, the names that are around are Bent Viscal, 
you know, I assume he's off doing something somewhere. Um, everyone's favorite super subs, Jack Aitken and uh, David Beckman. The Beckstar! Uh, who else is it? Obviously, yeah, it could be like a Nanini. Um, I wouldn't mind that a bit of very, yeah. like, a Zen Daily would be a better one. Yeah, both, they seem a bit of a stretch. Um, Watch the arms! Just someone who can pay their way in for the weekend, Guillaume Samaya. Oh, uh, yes. I don't know what um, Luca Giotto's doing these days, but, you know, Luca Giotto. Robert, Robert, uh, Robert Swartzman would be one as well. I don't think he's got... Uh, as, yes. Is he? I don't even know if... Is he just for... Because he's just Ferrari reserve driving, isn't he? I don't think he's necessarily in a category this year. Yes. Israeli driver um, Robert Schwartzman, yes. Yes. Everyone's favourite Israeli driver, Robert Schwartzman. Because obviously he can still compete. Because unlike Piastri, who won the title and obviously can't do it now, yeah, Schwartzman's still fully eligible. So it will be very, yeah, very interesting to see who ends up in that car. But I think Armstrong will kind of be the de facto team leader. And unless it's someone like a Schwartzman, who I'd back to just pick things right up where they left off, um, I just don't think that whoever his teammate will be will be able to, in theory, match him for pace. Now that could mean that Armstrong is eighth and his teammate's fifteenth. But if Armstrong can be a bit higher up that grid and that he basically he could have the big advantage of he's not going to have to worry about, particularly on the feature race on Sunday, having Vips in front of him, which would mean in any instances of safety cars or various things, Vips or, you know, overcuts, undercuts, Vips getting the better strategy option because he's the team's best chance to win the race. Armstrong is now high tech's best chance to win a race, score points. So he should, in theory, get the best strategy calls. And he's shown at times he is th- he is there for power. I mean, he was there for pay. He was competing for the win in Baku till he completely locked the brakes into Vips. He's won a sprint race this season. He's had a couple of feet. He's had been up there for some other feature races as well. So yeah, I'd be very. I'm very curious to see what Marcus Armstrong can put in this weekend. It's a matter of, of confidence and mentality. Like, is he ready to yes. be that lead guy? Because he's talked about his confidence issues in the past before. So if he if he's ready mentally to take that step and, and I guess, be a consistent performer for them, then, yeah, that would be awesome to see. But remains to be seen. Uh, but, yes, if we want to now take what is clearly one of the biggest stabs in the dark you can do in any sort of predictions, uh, and let's make some actual predictions for... We'll go for Feature Race Sunday. Uh, for EF2. Jishan, okay. have a crack at it. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll give it a fair shake at the source bottle. I'll mix in a bit of cynical objectivity with hopeful bias, and I'll go... Okay. One thing before you do that, though. Um, we're both agreeing JQ is on the front row for the sprint race, of right? Of course, of course. <laughs> and he will doubt, finish and last. And will fail to score points. Yeah. Yes. Regardless... Uh, I'll take Terry Porsche for the dub. I'll take Liam Lawson P two and I'll take Dennis Hager P three. Bam bam baklava. How uh, how far off the pace are you taking Dragovic in this instance? He's having a crash, mate. He's having a crash. He's having He's a tussle having with a Clark crash. Armstrong. You you so <laughs> desperately want a competitive championship, don't you? Absolutely. As you like, it's something Dragovic crash. Predicting Dragovic crashing is just... It's not even necessary. It's more just... It's its wishful thinking. It's just like, please do something to not score points on Sunday. We... Like, here's the thing. He had the whole fuck up on Saturday in Monaco. And you're like, here we go. We're on here, boys. And then he just won the feature race. And it was like, oh. Oh, you've literally taken points on everyone this weekend. Fantastic. Uh, well, I've said he needs to perform. And I'm going to believe in him to do said performing. I don't believe he's won a sprint race yet, so I believe it would be his first win. So I'm going to go uh, Jack Dillon to get the job done on Sunday. Uh, I will resign myself to the fact that Dragovic will inevitably finish second. And I'll take Marcus Armstrong to get a podium. Maybe with Beautiful. a nice alternate tyre. Strategy. So, I believe that is us for another week. Amen, we are sister. on both rear of the grid and F2 for you, looking ahead at the British Grand Prix weekend. So, uh, you can find us on uh, any good podcast player and on Instagram at Online Hub Media. And as always, for another week, I have been Matt. I've been joined by Jashan. 
Had an absolute blast today. And a quick shout out to our Instagram, which I do believe recently cracked the humongous milestone. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. If my phone will work. Yes, we are currently on exactly 169 followers. So it's a proud day. It's a proud day. That's, that's good stuff. Uh, and as always, and Matt's have dropped been... 169 arms today as well, so it's fucking spectacular. Rear of the grid, and I will leave us with one final thought, which is as a smoky to be the replacement at high tech this weekend. Park Ji Song.